Welcome to the perfume room. For my scent of the day today, I thought I would switch it up and give you guys a candle review. I was just gifted one in PR. It is La Labo's newest scent, Ambroxide 17. And yes, let's acknowledge the elephant in the room. What a full circle moment. If you remember, I had a little, you know, beef with Lalabo like a year, year and a half ago. And now somehow I am on their PR list. We grow, we evolve. You know what? If Lalabo will have me, I will have Lalabo. Anyway, I'm also currently on a no buy, no open scenario with candles right now because I have so many unopened boxes in my apartment, so many semi-burned ones that I was like, all right, I have to burn through at least like three or four before I open a new one. But then you see my friends, I found a loophole because for the holiday weekend, I went to my mom's house and I was like, well, (laughs) I can bring the candle to my mom's house. And I brought it to her house because I'm having a Fleur Tangerine Boy moment all over again, which is that I gave it, you know, an initial whiff of the cold throw. I was like, eh, I like this, but do I need this? Not really for me. What do we do when that happens? Say it with me now. We give it to my mom. Well, happy to be here because I am taking home Tangerine Boy and I'm taking back Ambroxide 17. So let me tell you what it smells like, okay? As the name would imply, it is ambroxide, which is I think just another word for ambroxin, which is the synthetic molecule that is responsible for that very specific smell that we have come to associate with ambergris that is now used prolifically in fragrance as it is much more affordable, easy to create, and easy for perfumers to access. But there are many different kinds of ambroxin, and in this execution, it is salty and mineralic and ozonic. You guys, you might know Eloise at the Plaza, okay? But this fragrance is Moby Dick at the Baccarat, okay? And I say that because if you are familiar with that sort of sharp, fizzy, crayony type of smell that you know from Baccarat, that comes, I think in Baccarat it's also from the saffron, but that comes largely from the ambergris note of that fragrance. So imagine something like Dies and Durga minus the woodiness. Imagine something like Lalabo Another 13 minus the sort of soft, sweet muskiness. And then again, dial up that sort of seawater aspect of it, and that is Ambroxide 17. And I happen to love how it burns in a room. And I do think it is a 2023 bougie hotel lobby scent because if you remember in 2020, I made a video, right, saying that commodity book was that bougie hotel lobby smell. And in 2020, I think that was correct because I would say like 2017 through 2020, hotels were scenting their lobbies with sandalwood. But now, because Baccarat is so huge, I feel like hotels have pivoted and now Ambroxan is the smell. I personally, I have a weird relationship with that ambergris ambroxan scent. If you remember last week, I talked about Umema, which I'm obsessed with, which also has that sort of mineralic seawater ambergris facet to it, and I love it. I'm just, I'm very particular. I'm a little bit over the trend, but if I find a fragrance that's well executed, I will appreciate it. And I I feel that way about this candle. Anyway, thank you, Lalabo. I am so happy we are friends again. Okay, let's get to our guest. I am so excited because today we are joined by the co-founders of a relatively new brand that I really enjoy, and that brand is Lease. In fact, they are the creators of one of my favorite ever pair scents, which is Studied, which I feel is the perfect warm and cozy, but soft, but juicy pear scent. I feel like with pear, sometimes you sacrifice one aspect to get the other, right? Like oftentimes a pear scent will feel juicy and full, but it leans more fresh. 
But in this instance, it is juicy, it is full, but it also just feels sort of like a warm, enveloping, soft hug, which is their intention behind all of their fragrances in their line because they're meant to have a sort of second skin quality. And in fact, as you'll hear one of the founders, Leslie, say in this episode, they're meant to wear like watercolors. Airy, easy to layer, easy to wear, simple and soft. And with seemingly so many new small fragrance brands popping up every day, it was really nice to just sit and chat with Leslie Hendon and Elisa Sullivan, the two co-founders, about, well, what it's really like to be a burgeoning niche perfume brand in 2023. We chat about where their friendship began and how they first met back in London and everything from the inspiration behind creating the line to a very specific sense within the line, how they sourced everything from the juice to the packaging to even the incredible perfumer who is Jerome Pinette, by the way, and how their lifelong careers in beauty all led up to this moment. And always love to report it. We have a perfume room exclusive today because they have a brand new fragrance launching in March that they have not talked about anywhere yet. And you will hear about it here first on Perfume Room. Here are Lease co-founders, Leslie Hendon and Elisa Sullivan. Elisa and Leslie, welcome to the perfume room. How are you guys doing today? Hi, how are you? So great to be here. So good to have you guys. Thanks Do you guys want to each us. introduce yourself so listeners know whose voice is whose? I'm Leslie. I'm Elisa. And we're the founders of Lease. <laughs> okay. So my first question that I ask every guest is, what are you guys wearing today? Ooh, um, I'm wearing a scent that's going to be released um, in spring of 2024. Is, are there so any details a, you can share? Is it top secret? It might. Maybe it's top secret for now. Oh, okay. But you guys will all find out about it. But I, I'll tell the listeners that I got a whiff of it yesterday, and it's very nice. Oh, thank you. And that's all I'll say. I'm obsessed with it. I can't stop wearing it. So I'm excited to share it with everyone Yeah. when the time comes. I'm wearing our uh, new scent that we're going to launch uh, March 1st. So it's called Lucienne. And um, yeah, we're very excited to talk about it today. Well, what, what now that we've mentioned it, what, let's hear. What is Lucienne uh, all about? The name comes from um, my mother's middle name, Lucienne. And um, it's a like a salty uh, magnolia scent. Um, so the top notes are pomelo, lemon zest, which are very like zesty and exuberant. Mm -hmm. And then there's magnolia, dragon fruit, water lily on the mid note. And then it dries down with um, crisp amber and a marina cord. Mm -hmm. um, but I really feel like the salty notes, you know, are very prominent in it. Mm -hmm. um, it's fresh. It's joyful. Um, and the name, like Elisa said, Lucienne is her mother's maiden name or sorry, middle name. And, uh, when we were naming it, we didn't realize that, um, my son's middle name is also is Lucio mm -hmm. and they're both derived from the Latin word for light. Mm -hmm. So when we figured this out and we've known each other for years, mm -hmm. um, when we figured this out, um, we were like, well, we obviously have to name it Lucienne. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, it's inspired by the idea of light. It's, uh, and it's, it's inspired by the idea of like shining light on something and being able to see things in new ways when you shine light on it. So, yeah. Yeah. I feel like all the least fragrances have a sort of like ethereal, like even the names, like the most recent fragrance before Lucienne floating, like, I feel like that's sort of the aesthetic of your brand. Like it's just sort of like, <laughs> I'm waving my hands in the air for everybody listening. What was the aesthetic that you guys were trying to capture when you created Lease? 
Yeah. Um, well, you are absolutely right. And I'm so happy to hear that it's um, translating that way because it really was intentional for us to create something that felt very light and ethereal. And the reason behind that is, I mean, that's, it's our personal taste. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also, you know, the, we're, we're minimalists, I guess you could say. And the more you take away, you really have to be thoughtful and, and, and intentional about everything that you leave in. Right. And the more minimal something is, the more ways it can be interpreted differently by other people mm -hmm. too. So we wanted, you know, something that could blend in with anybody's aesthetic or that, you know, people could um, really make it their own. Hmm. That looks good on everyone's, you know, vanity. So yeah. 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 Well, we're going to get to the packaging because I'm obsessed. Everyone listening knows I love a ball cap and this is excellence of ball caps. It's a oh, great thank one. You. Um, but we'll get there. But I want to take a few steps back because you were talking about sort of like the minimalist fragrances. And I'm curious, is that sort of what your guys' aesthetics were in fragrance prior to founding? Like what were you guys wearing? Did you have any sort of or do you have any sort of signature scent profiles? I think that we are definitely minimalist when we came into Lease. Um, we wanted scents that you could really smell the notes in mm -hmm. each fragrance. Um, and I think that a lot of the notes that we have in our line are notes that we love, mm -hmm. um, like Ambrette, for one, in yeah. Studied. Magnolia in Lucienne. Mm -hmm. um, so you're two different people that came together to form this line, and I'm curious – one, I know you both collected samples, right? There's like you, yeah. you met and you realized that you both had this love of, of fragrance. Yeah, and when you we had, were little. Yeah, so tell yeah. me about that. And was there any crossover in your guys' collection? Yeah, so um, we met in 2009 and through a mutual friend. Actually, it's funny because we grew up like 15 minutes away from one another um, in Marin County, just mm -hmm. north of San Francisco. Uh, but we met as adults and... You know, we discovered that we were both obsessed with fragrance and had been since we were children. And we used to collect like the vials and the, you know, mini bottles ever since we were kids. What were you guys wearing as kids? Well, <laughs> it's funny. Uh, so probably like my first signature scent was uh, Angel. You gotta love yeah, it. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> love it. And uh, I, you know, I actually, I remember I used to beg my mom, my mom's French, I used to beg her to bring perfume samples back from France for me mm -hmm. as a kid. And I re remember smelling Angel like when I was 10 or something. And it like my mind it just like exploded. I was like, oh my God, what is this? I was obsessed. Mm -hmm. um, I even, you know, was telling <laughs> Leslie that I was actually one of my teachers in high school kicked me out of class one day because my perfume was so strong. She was like, I can't have you in my class. It's too strong. Was it Angel? It was Angel. Yeah. Wow. And then, um, and then I, I, I progressed to Lolita Olympica, you know, mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of what I wore in my teens. Uh, and then I, you know, my, my tastes evolved into more like niche brands and that's yeah. so interesting because that's so like maximalist. I feel like I both know. of those scents, and this is such a like, you know, like oh, yeah, soft, that's a gentle funny observation. line, I feel on a whole. What about yeah. you? Um so there was a there was like a it was called the body shop, but it I then know it. they had no, <laughs> but then they had to change the name. It was like this little hippie store in the Bay Area. Oh, like a it was like local a mini body Yeah, shop. it was like a local body shop, and they ended up having to change the name to Body Time. Because of the body, the other body shop, because I guess they sprung up on yeah. different sides of the globe at the same time. And then so they had to change to body time. But they had like 
all of these different essential oils. And then you could like scent, you know, they had like unscented lotions that you could like custom scent with whatever the mm -hmm. essential oils. And so China Rain was like the one that was the Someone has really talked about that on one. this podcast before. Oh, really? Yeah. I think Margaret Cho wore China Rain. Oh, okay. Yeah. It yeah. was really popular at the time. Um, and I, I think that I was trying to get into more esoteric scents. Mm -hmm. So I would go for... And also like the single note one. So like they had an iris one mm -hmm. and I'm a huge fan of Oris, just like you. Yeah, I know. I love that. Um, and so, yeah, I think I was really obsessed with those. But then also at the time there were like the minis too. I remember getting like a, an Estee Lauder mini that looked like a do like a mini dew drop. I think it might be called like paradise or yeah, something. And it was yeah. like this really kind of like heavy gardenia. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they make it anymore, but I was obsessed with the packaging. Mm -hmm. I thought it was very cool when I was younger, um, like in grade school. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think as like our, as we got older, our tastes, you know, changed. So, um, I think like when I was in college, uh, there was like a Marc Jacobs scent called Marc Jacobs Blush, which was like a very dewy, watery, I think jasmine scent mm -hmm. um, that's discontinued that I was really into. And when Prada, um, the Pro original Prada fragrance came out with like that ball atomizer, mm -hmm. um, that was like a big deal at the time. But at that time too, like niche brands weren't as much of a thing. So it was a lot of like, you know, designer um, right. brands that you that you had to choose from. I do want to mention, I forgot to say earlier. So also when I was in high school, I worked at a little boutique in like downtown Mill Valley where I'm from. And we used to carry um, like Antonius Flowers and Flore. Do you know that brand? It was East Hampton. I don't think I do, no. Yeah. So I remember I, hearing about yeah, that. Yeah, I liked, I liked those. And um, also there was another French brand called Comptoir Sud Pacifique. Oh, yeah. I love that brand. Yeah. And the, the vanilla apricot one. I yeah, mean, such I a, feel like, like so many people got inspired by that. And yeah. it was very, it was like super sweet. Um, so obviously as a teenager, I, I love that as well. Yeah. I had a Yosh perfume. Yeah. That I... In college that I broke in my room and my room was like scented for, you know, like an entire month. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. We miss Barney's too. I remember yeah. Yosh was in Barney's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I miss Barney's too. That's where I got my first ever niche fragrance. I got Serge Luton's Santal Magic School in the basement, you know, fragrance yes. department of Barney's. And yeah. it was like, it was like my first, like my real first fragrance purchase for myself with my own money mm -hmm. of like, and I just remember I smelled every single fragrance like walked around I was like I'm gonna take my sweet time and it was just such a moment I yeah I that was Barney's. yeah yeah that's what's so nice about niche fragrance I feel like is the discovery of it right. and yeah like right. I think around the time that the Prada one came out I had a friend um Julie Elliott she had a store called Infiore mm -hmm. and she her products are still available um but she when she first started it was um her perfumery so she had like the different company and um, Serge Luton. So, oh, wow. yeah. So that cool. was kind of like my first experience with niche fragrance. Yeah. And I don't know, that might've been in like 2004. Wow. <laughs> you never forget your first time. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, moving on from that, the third question I always ask up top, even though we've kind of gone in a very random order, but do you guys have any fragrance hot takes? Something people might not necessarily agree with you about. Oh Yeah. Hot, the hot takes. We were we were waiting for this question. Yeah, we're like, we oh, knew she's it was gonna, gonna come ask up. Us. Yeah, I'm asking. <laughs> well, I think you know we can move away from over sexualized marketing in fragrance. Mm. 
you know, yeah. and which is something, you know, we obviously we're, we don't have any image imagery like that. So I think we can really move away from that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that just like fragrance as anything you want it to be, you know, I love that. Um, and I think that, I don't know if that's really a hot take, but I just think like de, um, prescribing of mm -hmm. like how people use it. Right. There's no right or wrong way to use fragrance. Yeah. yeah. Throwing out the marketing playbook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, cause the thing is, I mean, so Elisa and I, I know we're going in kind of like a backwards order of art. There's no order. But like, Whatever. you know, so my background is in like art direction and design mm -hmm. and Elisa's background is in perfumery and product development. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've had like, you know, long careers at this point of, um, you know, working for other brands, we know what all the rules are. So we know like how to break the rules strategically in ways that we want to. With that said, what was something um, when you guys launched Lease that you were excited to incorporate or not have to include that you had been seeing or hadn't been seeing in other brands? Yeah, that's a great question. I feel like so many things, but the, the anecdote that comes to mind, uh, top of mind is, um, so Elisa and I are self-funded um, and we still are, and, um, we plan to be, you know, for a while, but we did meet with a VC at some point just to like kind of check it out. And they were like, you should partner with a celebrity. And we were like, no. And I think that was like a turning point in our journey where we mm -hmm. were like, we really don't want to have to do anything that we don't want to do. Where they would be like the, the spokesperson or like a fake CEO situation? I'm not sure. That's a good question. Who I would be they, the face of They just these. like threw it out there like celebrity. And we were like, no, see you later. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, but no yeah, thanks. thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> okay, but if there were a celebrity, now that we're on the topic, is there someone who you feel like kind of epitomizes like the essence of lease. I'm, I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but. Oh, I don't know. Probably just, I, I don't feel like either of us are really that entrenched in celebrity culture. Like I don't really know who anybody is anymore, yeah. but. I mean, Riley Keogh did a shout out for Bo and I think. That's you know, awesome. Yeah, that was I great... think anybody who feels like authentically themselves, mm -hmm. you know, like. Okay. So I want to go back to your guys' backgrounds because I think they are really interesting and really in a lot of ways set you guys up to do this. So Elisa, you went to Isipka, right? Tell me about your time in perfume school and where that took you. Yeah. So um, I did the international program at Isipka, which was really great because I got to, you know, meet people from all different backgrounds. And uh, the program that I did, we uh, learned about perfume materials and we had to like memorize them. And um, we learned how to create accords and create different families of perfumes like, you know, fougere and floral and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, and then we also learned how to formulate creams and lipsticks. So that was all very interesting, um, especially having a science background. I was mm -hmm. actually a, a pre-med um, major oh. in college. So wow. <laughs> I took a little bit of a different path, but, you know. Um, and yeah, and I ended up uh, actually after going to a zip cut, I worked for Penhaligans, which uh, is a British, you know, London-based perfume company. It's like one of the oldest perfume companies in the world and, mm -hmm. and really like the original niche fragrance brand. I worked for them and L'Artisan Parfumeur, which was um, launched in the 70s. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was a really great experience working in product development uh, with the perfumers and really translating uh, their the vision into products. You know, I know you guys have the shared love of samples and vials, but how did you guys get first connected? Oh, yeah. Um, 
We actually met at a friend's wedding, which is like a classic love story. <laughs> it was your meet cute. Yeah. Um, but I was headed to London to uh, study at Central St. Martin's for communication design. I was going to go there for a master's in communication design. And um, our mutual friend said, oh, um, you know, my friend Elisa is studying in um, in." France right now. You guys are both from Marin. You should meet. So then she's like, Elisa's going to be at my wedding. And so we met. And then um, when I moved to London, Elisa was still in France. She was living in Paris at the time. Um, and then like a month or two later, she moved like three blocks from me in London. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, I was there for two years. I think Elisa was there for a little bit longer than me. Um, but we obviously quickly became best friends and we were, um, you know, discovered our mutual love of fragrance. Um, but my background specifically, you know, is, uh, design and, you know, art direction. That's what I studied in school. I have a graphic design, um, undergrad. And so, um, my career has been, you know, in a lot of marketing departments doing graphic design and art direction. And then I went freelance and creating like, you know, photography for different brands and things like that. So, uh, I do a lot of packaging. Um, mm -hmm. I've done a lot of packaging for other brands too. So, yeah. So when we actually were both living in London, we had the idea like to have our own company back then. We were like, what if someday we, yeah. have, we have our own perfume company? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because Elisa was working at Niche Fragrance House already, yeah. and, you know, and I was designing packaging um, for different brands and like studying that in school at the same time. So it was like, we already knew at that point that we were like yin and yang. Yeah. Um, and so we were like, we should, we should do that, you know? Yeah. In like 2009. That was 2009. <laughs> yeah. And then I moved back to the States. I moved back to San Francisco and then Elisa moved to LA. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, we, then I, you know, I was, we were both working, we started our careers and at some point, I said to Elisa, I think about this idea all the time. I don't know. It must have been like 2014 or something. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like, I think about this all the time. We should totally do this. Um, but we didn't know how to start a business. But I think like through our careers too, we kind of like a little bit got a sense of mm -hmm. maybe what it would take. And especially because, um, you know, we've also worked for smaller companies where you have to wear so many hats. So, mm -hmm. so we were just like baby steps, you know, we can like, like what was that process? we can figure this out as yeah. we go along basically. Yeah. So we just figured it out as we went. Like, how did you guys get connected? So I know Jerome at the net yeah. is your perfumer for your fragrances. He does, he did all of your fragrances, right? Mm -hmm. How did that um, connection come about? Yeah. So I had met him through like one of my product development jobs and, <laughs> you know, um, I loved, you know, I've always loved his work and I, you, we just thought he would be the best perfumer to translate, you know, our vision and our minimalism. Um, so actually funny story, uh, <laughs> Leslie thought she was going to be the perf our perfumer, uh, in the beginning. Oh yeah. <laughs> Do you make true. perfume? No. Oh, um, <laughs> so like I don't. Well, so you know, like I feel like Elisa's like. I mean, we both you uh, we collaborate on what the scents will be, um, but you know, perfume is so mystical and magical, and it's like, how does this thing happen? How does this beautiful thing happen? So I bought a lot, like all the essential oils, mm -hmm. and I bought you know some synthetics and stuff. Um, to try to figure out what it meant to be a perfumer. And then as I was doing it, like for me, I'm very DIY. Mm -hmm. And so the only way that I knew 
and, and like Alisa the whole time, like already knew how to like create fragrances and, mm-hmm. and bring them to market, I guess you would say, mm-hmm. but I had no idea. So I needed to wrap my head around it. And so as I was like teaching myself and like messing around with essential oils and, and synthetics and whatnot, um, I was like, well, I'll just, I'll just be the perfumer, you know, and I'll, we'll just make perfume in my garage. And, and, uh, Elisa was like, I don't think that's now. You're like, like, I know too much to know that that can't work. I hope you guys are loving this episode. I am coming to you to talk about a new release that is making me so happy. Okay. So the other day I went into Sephora or should I say Sheepfora and there before my eyes and nose was the perfect intro to sheep fragrances. I'm going to call it a little petite sheep. And that is the new Maison Margiela replica scent on a date. In addition to wanting to see sort of heady maximalist florals make a big comeback this year, I also want to see sheep fragrances have their moment as well. And I know that sheep fragrances have always been popular, will always be popular, but I'm talking about in like the sort of like mass fragrance category. Like when you walk into a Sephora or an Ulta, which also is sort of catered to sometimes a younger crowd, people getting into fragrance, teenagers, young adults, there aren't that many, at least new release, sheep fragrances. Until on a date, because just feet away from the saccharine gourmand scent that is black opium was the perfect soft but pissy rose fragrance and I love it. It's meant to sort of mimic that smell of ripe grapes sitting in the afternoon sun, but it really, because of this cassis note, has that pissy quality that you know I just, I love it so much. And I think that's why maybe the reviews have been contentious, because if your palate is not expecting something that has a sort of cat piss type smell, you're probably going to be put off by it. And I've talked about this before, specifically with By the Fireplace, but I also think Replica is doing an amazing job. I know that they really started off as a niche brand and only in the last few years really made their way into Sephora and became sort of mainstream. But I feel like with that said, they've done an amazing job as a brand of making fragrances that are sort of inspired by these very niche concepts and making them mass market. Like By the Fireplace, for example, brought this idea of a smoky, fiery scent to the palates of so many consumers in a way that was sort of wrapped in a marshmallowy gourmand. On a Date has a sort of like romantic, soft Victorian quality. If you like Molecule Eccentrico 4, if you like Santa Maria Novella, Rosa Novella, if you like Liquid Imaginaire, Dom Rosa, I definitely think you should give On a Date a try. I... I'm definitely going to at least get the travel size. I really, really like this one. It is a new designer release that makes me very happy. Let's get back to the episode. I want to get into the actual fragrances. So I have told you guys both, and you I think you've seen my video, but I love Studied. I love Oris, love Carrot Seed. It's got all that. But then I also love, I feel like it's like really, I feel like Pear can sometimes feel more on like the dewy, not warm side. And this one feels like so warm and cozy, but still has that like greenness that you get from pear. And I just like, was this an idea? I guess what I'm asking as I go on this rant, what I'm asking is were these like fragrances that like existed in your guys' heads and you were like, we have to get these into creation. And you were like, okay, Jerome, like we need a cozy pear. Like how did each one come about? Yeah. So I think they were in our heads to a large extent. I mean, we had these ideas for, you know, it was like a cozy skin, 
skin fragrance mm-hmm. like um, that we were looking for. And we also really love the ambrette note, mm-hmm. um, which feels so bright and sunshiny, mm-hmm. but also cozy at the same time. Yeah. And, you know, we created mood boards and, um, you know, the the process with drums really collaborative. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, for study, that definitely was a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the concept is also, you know, a, a room of one's own, taking mm-hmm. space for oneself mm-hmm. to be thoughtful or creative. So like the idea of a scent worn for the wearer, you're wearing it for yourself. You're in your own space. Um, to me... Perrin and Brett is like a bright pool of sunlight mm-hmm. um, coming into your room. And when I was in high school, I used to love sitting on the floor of my room reading books and magazines um, in a pool of sunlight. Hmm. So I you don't still, know. You still love doing that. Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. So sitting in the sun like a cat. Nice. <laughs> We're cat people. Yeah. That's good because this is a cat person podcast. So we're very pro cat here. Um, <laughs> nice to be among my people. Yeah. <laughs> so when I first tried studied and I hope you know that I mean this with the most reverence because this was my like favorite scent when I was a kid I was a huge Victoria's Secret Paraglossé fan and I was like this feels like the elevated Paraglossé like she's grown up now like she was wearing the body splash as like a tween and a teen and then she was like but now what and it like took it to the next level for me and yeah, I think that's my like homage to studied and that's why I love it because it does feel very reminiscent of that scent in like a very sort of like niche version. Oh, I love that. I just wanted you to know. Yeah, I actually, I don't know. Have you, I haven't smelled that. Have you smelled that? Um, I, uh, probably a very long, It's long like a Victoria's time. Secret body splash, like ago, full on, like yeah. it's like a body, but it was like my favorite one and like I would go in with oh my, my babysitter and she'd be like. Trying on bras and I'd be like dousing myself. I feel like I've heard you talk about this Victoria's Secret body splash on the podcast. It's so good. Yeah. We need to to go to Victoria's Secret. I don't even know if they still make it. But But, like I love that like even though we haven't smelled it, I love that you have your own personal connection to it because that's the thing like all of our scents are so personal to Elisa and my story. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's kind of like, you know, when it's like uh, write about what you know. Right. I guess. Um, and even though, you know, we're just two girls from Marin and I think fragrance a lot of times is inspired by things that are um, in people's imaginations that they mm-hmm. are trying to bring to life or, you know, something that's really like fantasy driven, mm-hmm. which is great. But for us, we felt like we wanted it to really, truly be about, you know, our experiences mm-hmm. and like things that we were feeling um, and you know, if, if there's somebody, you know, creating or doing something creative, like, you know, creating a painting and, and it's from their perspective, their experience, mm-hmm. and then somebody else, you know, sees it and they connect with it, um, because it's something so personal and they might not interpret it exactly the way the artist intended it. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you have like your own connection to it and your own story actually is exactly what Lisa's about, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Um, but I agree with yeah. you. I think it's like a more grown up, like, you know, fruity, um, skin scent essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. so I, I totally could see that. Yeah. And I think that when we, when we created it to a lot of scents that were popular at the time, mm-hmm. um, they were very loud. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you know, somebody would walk into the room and you'd be like, oh, I know what scent that person's mm-hmm. wearing. And it's almost like they're like, they're 
they're branded by the scent mm-hmm. in a way like, oh, she's wearing X, you know? Right. And so it's like, we, I don't want to be like a walking billboard for a fragrance. With lease, it's like the wearer wears the fragrance exactly. and not the other way yeah. around. Yeah, it really right. becomes truly like a part of you. Was there anything, you know, working in a partnership, was there ever a situation where one of you is like, this is the one we should move forward with and you disagreed or like just any oh, yeah. different opinion? <laughs> not, not that much. No, I mean, the we truth bicker. comes she, out. No, she's la- we're laughing because we do bicker like sisters quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really like keep anything from, you know, we don't let anything kind of like get out of control. But tell us yeah. about your biggest fight. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think we did have like one blowout one time. And then we realized that like neither of us is ever going to back down. So we were probably hangry. I think we were yes. hangry. Yeah. Oh, and then I needed food. And then it was just like, I don't think we should ever do that again. Uh, so yeah. now we we tend to like just yeah. bicker a little bit and resolve things pretty wow. quickly. That's yeah. Beautiful. We're usually pretty aligned. Um, yeah. I think that's like, your question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on Maybe on a few of the heavier scents or like ones that we're, we've been working on, you know, sometimes my initial reaction is like, oh, I'm not sure about it. But then once I wear it more, I, I warm up to it. So like we've come into that kind of. Yeah, we definitely have different, um, different, but like our tastes are all, you know, and and what we gravitate towards are kind of different. So, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we always, yeah, we have this, we have a shared vision, which Mm -hmm. I think that's why our partnership works really well. Mm -hmm. Um, but we have different, slightly different points of view when it comes to fragrance. Like I remember at first, so we developed the sense, um, in 2018, actually, Mm -hmm. uh, studied bow and rose struck were part of those original eight cents and because we're self-funded we launched those first mm-hmm. um and so the ones that you're seeing like lucienne we developed at that time as well mm-hmm. so i remember when when we were developing these mm-hmm. um elisa loved lucienne and i was like i don't know and then it like kind of grew on me and um you know same with Bo, uh because elisa i think you tend to prefer like the lighter kind of fresher scents and i kind of prefer like more woody that's such a that's such a change from like Mugler oh, Angel. I know. Right? I like to yeah. one eighty. Wow. I know. Like my preferences. Yeah. But then I ended up really loving Lucienne, and I wore it, you know, yeah. all the time. I still love wearing. Yeah. So what in this collection feels like Leslie, and what in this collection feels like Elisa? Like if people are wearing these at home, which one is like the one that is like you're each rooting for the most? That's so funny because I think that um, it really depends on our moods and like the seasons, but that's what's so fun about having a library of scents. So mm-hmm. as you probably know, because you also have a lot of scents to choose from that you it's, you know, I love the idea of a signature scent. And I think I was that person for a while. I had like a some spring, summer fragrance. And maybe what was like it? A, well, like I said, it was like the um, Marc Jacobs blush oh, right. okay, yeah, yeah. for a long time. And then that was in probably like 2010. Yeah. I want to say, oh, I had an APC orange blossom. I guess I should say that I've always loved to have like an orange blossom, like florally lighter scent. And then Mm -hmm. like maybe like an incense amber woody scent. But like those might have like changed. Yeah, (laughs) I feel like our scents are really like watercolors. um, So they're, you know, very layerable. Yeah. Um, But yeah, which one are you? I mean, I, I probably wear and gravitate towards study the most mm-hmm. I gotta say um but I wear they're all my children so mm-hmm. I wear I wear them all um but I guess if you know I have like a one that I wear the most it would be that one yeah maybe bow for me 
Which of these fragrances went through the most revisions to get to where it got? Beau. Yeah, Beau. Beau was really, I mean, I I was telling you guys that I had a weird experience with Beau because when I first smelled it, maybe it was like my frame of mind or whatever, it smelled so gourmand to me, which I liked, but I was like, oh, I don't know if I'd wear it. And then I re-smelled it yesterday and I was getting like all the dry woods from it. And I was like, wait, what? Like I have to re-smell this. So I put it on this morning and I'm like, okay, this now feels like the perfect like guyac wood, the cedary type scent with like a hint of vanilla, whereas like my memory of it the first time I smelled it was like very vanilla. And I'm like, that's so interesting. I'm loving it. Like that's I keep getting whiffs of it and it's just so. I wonder if it was like summer when you first smelled it because maybe. You know, I might have just like it's smelled a lot that day. But it also, it shows that you should always like retest fragrances, wear them on your skin yeah. because that was one that I tried and I was like, I like it, but I don't know if I'd wear it. And then because I re-smelled it yesterday, I'm like. Was this what I smelled? Yeah. For Bo, I was going to say, um, we did a few revisions and my sister got really attached to like one of the prior revisions and she was very upset when, you know, we we changed it. But now she, you know, she Did loves. you save that one just for her? I did. I did save a few samples for her, but then um, she wears the, the one that's out now. So, but yeah, she came she around. Was, she came around. Good, yeah. good, good. So, okay. The last thing I want to talk about before we get to the final segment of the show is as you were mentioning your background in design and your background in sourcing and packaging, the bottle, I mean, and I said this earlier, but like I do love a good ball cap and I want to hear about what were the details that you guys really considered um, when you were making it? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, So when we, let's see, so Back in 2017. <laughs> so this has been years in the making. Yeah. yeah. No, I was just going to, I was going to go there too, but I was like, okay, so I think it was around like 2014. I was like, we should really do this. So then, then it was like 2017, we were like, let's do this. And then we, I, we started designing the packaging then. Mm-hmm. Um, so we came up with our packaging design in 2017, but it took over a year to engineer the ball cap because um, we custom tooled it and um, it has a click function. So you, you can hold it by the cap. You can yeah. hold it by the cap. Yeah. And the color is inspired by my ceramic work because mm-hmm. um, I'm a potter. Just it's mm. like a hobby thing. And my you gra- have potter energy. Do I? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm an earth sign. So I feel okay. like earth sign pot, yeah. pot is potter's energy. But um, my grandmother and aunt were both potters, too. And like my grandfather had built my grandmother like a, a, a potter's wheel like in mm. the garage and stuff wow, so yeah so romantic. I know um and so yeah the the cap color it's and and the finish it's matte it's uh it's inspired by by porcelain so it's yeah but the, um, the but cap was a process though it was like Leslie did she she like had images of like what felt like hundreds of cap options and we well, didn't we like couldn't find a cap that we liked so we had to like go out and like literally make we had to custom tool our cap. What does that even mean? Like, like we custom? had to create one from scratch, essentially, like a, a mold that, you know, is is our cap, which is yeah. like the perfect proportions and the click. And, you know, there were yeah. like so many. If you guys get it, you get it. Like if you don't, if this conversation doesn't resonate <laughs> oh, with yeah. you, I can't help you. But if you understand a good cap, then. Yeah, that's, that's there's it. a lot that well, went into that cap. Yeah, yeah, because there's if you wanted to buy like a stock cap. There's mm-hmm. hundreds of options mm-hmm. and you probably want to, like, if you're just starting out, you would mm-hmm. want a stock cap because custom tooling a cap, the the tooling, which is essentially just another word for a mold, mm-hmm. um, can be a little pricey. 
So mm. that, you know, but we felt like it was important to and do take that. a while, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. And it is, it's in, um, it's inspired by ceramic, but it's a different material that won't um, break or crack if you drop it. Interesting. Yeah. I wanted to also add that our um, dip tube is, is invisible. So it looks even, you know, yeah. more light and ethereal and it was yeah just more minimal Minimal. and yeah and our glass um it's uh we love how it's got like the subtle beveled edges um Mm. and um it's very like uh we we loved how the the square and the the ball the shapes played with each other so it's very evocative of like memphis um Bauhaus vintage perfume bottles um yeah so we liked the way those shapes played together I love that. Yeah. And then you have a Thank little you. pouch where you can you can bring it around with you wherever you go. Yeah. That's great. Okay. You guys know the final segment of the show. It is Rapid Fire Scent Association. I will just throw out places, people, things, <laughs> anything, and you just tell me the first smell that comes to mind. Are you guys ready to play What's That Smell? Yes. Mm, what's that smell? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes Wyatt does it in episodes and oh, okay. like does like a fun little – Wyatt, do you want to do a live mm, What's That Smell? Oh, Oh boy. Uh, uh, mm, Lower East Side. I don't know. That's where we are right now. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. That was a very, very custom. Specific. Yeah, that was very custom. Oh, I just meant like just doing like, like a. Fu- yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, but I like that. Let's, well, well, let's, let's, let's give a few riffs. One, yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm, what's that smell? Wow. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> Thank God for auto tune, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> that was really beautiful. Um, I'm glad you guys got to witness that special moment. Okay. The first question, I have to think of what I want to ask you is for what's the smell. Okay. What is the smell since Wyatt uh, cued us in so well? What is the smell of the Lower East Side? Yeah. The smell of the Lower East Side. I mean, we just ate hamburgers. So like, I, that's the only thing <laughs> that that's on my mind. French fries. <laughs> hamburgers, French fries. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's my answer. I have a very specific. So for, you know, broadening it out to all of New York. Yeah. My, that was my next question. Yeah. So thank my you. sister lived and actually Leslie also lived here in, in the late 90s. That's where I was going next. And okay. so mm-hmm. I got to say it's Jean-Paul Gaultier classic because that's oh what she wore for like 10 years. So that's what I associate I love that. with my sister's smell. Yeah. How has the scene. So you were saying that you lived in for everyone listening. Leslie, you were saying that you lived in Williamsburg in the late 90s. And yeah. have you been on this trip to William? You're staying in Williamsburg. It's yeah. so different. Like, yeah, what is so the different. what's the biggest difference? And maybe even in smells too. If we're getting more uh, perfume centered, yeah, yeah, I know. Um, well, I just feel like New York is very like way busier than than it was back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, especially Williamsburg. I lived on the Lorimer L stop. Mm-hmm. I think it was like 1998. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the trans- now it's so crowded. Yeah, it's super crowded. And even, you know, there were like three blocks of Bedford that there were maybe, you know, there was like a grandma's best kept secret thrift store, which mm-hmm. was great. Um, maybe a cafe and a restaurant or something. Um, wow. And so I came when I came back, maybe like 10 years later um, there, I was just like shocked at how uh, the street just kept going. Mm-hmm. Like and then even like, you know. For, like closer to the water, uh, that used to be all slaughterhouses and no one would have ever ventured over there back then. Right. Um, and there were a lot of like really cool junk shops too. Junk shops? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like what, am I dumb? What's a junk shop? A junk shop is like, 
uh, kind of like a thrift store, but it was ah. like pre pre cool thrift store. It was like just like a warehouse full of like secondhand. Oh, things. was it like stuff you buy by the pound? That no, sort of thing, or like no? But it was just you like you could pound. just get anything. It was just kind of like an indoor flea market sort of thing, almost. Mm. But just like not not different vendors, just like one, but just like you could just find anything. Yeah, I think I think they have one on Drigs. They do. It's there's yeah. one where, yeah, yeah, those, yeah, where you just yeah. walk in and there's so just like chairs and like yeah. stamps and like yeah. empty perfume oh, bottles. I think that was the one that I go to. Yeah. 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 When you said that, that's what I was thinking of. The one that's like off the Bedford stop yeah. that's just like a bunch of chairs and Oh, I love stuff. that it's still there. Yeah. I would never have known because it's changed so much. Otherwise. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Little A little piece of Williamsburg remains. Um, what is the smell of Marin? Well, you know, it's so funny because growing up there, you don't really smell it. You know, mm -hmm. anything. Um, oh, so Ariel Shoshana. Um, shout out to Ariel Shoshana. Um, we're sold at Ariel Shoshana and they're great. Um, and she had mentioned the other day in a TikTok that, mm -hmm. um, you know, scent, uh, when you smell something, it's, um, it's, it means that it's like not familiar to you. Mm -hmm. Um, and it could be dangerous. So if you smell something over and over again, it's familiar to you and mm -hmm. that means it's safe. So for the longest time, I could never smell San Francisco or Marin. And then after I moved to London, when I came back, I stepped out of the airport and I got hit with this crazy huge blast of eucalyptus, mm -hmm. oak moss, wow. fog. Like, bay, like also bay leaves. Uh -huh. Yeah. And, and then I couldn't unsmell it after that. So that's to me what it smells like. Yeah. What about Definitely you? Definitely eucalyptus and bay. There's like huge eucalyptus trees by my parents' house. Um so I'd say that mostly in like kind of that like earthy, mossy, damp, damp smell. Yeah, mm. it's yeah. very cleansing. Wow. This is this whole line, this whole like I feel like I just want to like look, I feel like I'm in a sound bath right now or something. Like oh, just I very love like, that. Hmm. Okay. What is the smell of London? We thought you were gonna ask oh, us yeah. this. Yeah, actually. I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's been a while since we've been there, but um I think to us like a cool stone. Like a scent, wet, like, wet a, stone. like a cool, mm. there's so much, you know, like, like if you're, if all your the buildings, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I'd say that's like 70% of the time. And then when it's like, you know, spring or sunny for like 30% of the time, it's like gardens and roses and, yeah. you know, laurel yeah, and like pretty and, and yeah. all that jazz. Um, what, who, what is the smell of the most fragrant person in each of your lives? Well, I mean, my mom has, you know, she, she loves a, a, a potent perfume and, uh, yeah. What's your mom's favorite perfume? Well, I, the, I just recall her, her best friend, um, worked at Dior in Paris and, so she would get a lot of, you know, Dior fragrances and makeup like in the 80s. Mm -hmm. And she loved poison. That was like Does she still her that? signature scent. No, she doesn't. She doesn't wear She wears uh, now she wears Rose Struck. There we go. Another, you know, I feel, you know, it's like the you can see the progression. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but po I'd say poison for my for my mom. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, my mother obviously was, you know, but she passed away, um, and so I don't get to smell her mm. as often as I would like. But um, my son, I think, you know, it's a, like, mother-child connection. Like, I just love sm – I love smelling his hair. Yeah. That's nice. Oh, I'm sorry about your – Oh, thank there. you. I had this experience the other day. I went into a perfume store, and they had a bunch of discontinued perfumes – 
And my grandmother passed away in the in the late nineties, and they had some of the perfume she wore, and I smelled them, and I that's like what's so amazing about mm-hmm. fragrance is like all of a sudden it was like she was right there, yeah. and it's like that. I think what's something that maybe when you're making a perfume, you're like, or maybe you are thinking about this completely, or you're not, but people who wear your scents inevitably they're going to be somebody's scent memories of that I know, person, I love right? That so and so much. someone might say in twenty years from now, my mother always smelled like least floating or whatever fragrance it is like there's just something I don't know you're you're influencing how people are going to remember people I know I love that connection so much Mm -hmm. well with that the final question when I whenever I have two people on I don't know maybe you know what I'm about to ask or not but I'm going to ask Leslie what is the smell of Elisa and Elisa what is the smell of Leslie (laughs) Elisa always smells very fresh you're kind of like a fresh and floral um, smelling person, I think. There's always, a, you know, Elisa likes to wash her hair a lot. That's a good quality. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're very okay. clean smelling. It's nice. I think Leslie always smells great. Um, probably like, I'd say maybe like, you know, like baking, like, you know, she just baked something like like a, a tart or something. Like I feel like, like a baked... You know, a baked good. Oh, thank you. I feel yeah. like one time you came over to my flat in London and you said that it smelled very spicy. Oh, okay. And I, th- yeah. I think that uh, that was like my natural. Yeah, you love cooking, so scent. it's like also what you what you cook and oh, like yeah. the baking and um, I'd probably say that. Thanks. Yeah. Wow, this is a really tender moment. I'm glad I got to witness it. What is the smell of lease? Whatever the wearer wants it to be. Perfect answer. (laughs) That's a great answer. Beautiful. Okay, so for everyone listening, um, if they would like to experience this line and they have not, where can they do that? Are there discovery sets for sale? Where should they get them? Oh, yeah. Um, So we have a website, Mm leasefragrances.com, and we have a discovery set. And um, the purchase price of the discovery set can be applied to a full size. So we really want people to, we're definitely like not proponents of the blind buy. Mm -hmm. Um, There's no safe blind buy because scent is so personal. So um, yeah, we have a discovery set on our website and people can try them all out and layer them and see which one fits which mood. And Amazing. And I think you're sold at Lucky Scent, right? Mm -hmm. We are. And I I have a Lucky Scent code. So if people are listening and you want to get them on Lucky Scent, you can get 10% off potentially if you get a full bottle. So there you oh, go. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And Ariel Shoshana. And Ariel you know, Shoshana. Yeah. And we we're, we're sold. Yeah. And, you know, we're at Violet Gray. We ha- we're actually um, in a lot of um, smaller boutiques because actually um, we feel like our brand is so special to us that we want everyone who experiences Lease to also feel like they're having a special experience. So usually in smaller boutiques is where you have those kind of special experiences with mm. like discovering new brands and whatnot. So, um, you know, people can email us to ask where the closest uh, boutique is in their area. Amazing. Okay. Well, Leslie and Elisa, it's been great having you on Perfume Room. Thank you so much. It's Thank awesome. you. Perfume Room is edited by Wyatt Peak. Music is by Max Vernon and illustrations are by Israel Rodriguez. 